And yeah. we're live. Welcome to the Wan Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a fantastic show for you guys today, and I don't even have to lie about it for a change. There's a big yeah. rumor, big rumor, that Apple's upcoming Pro Desktop could have up to 40 cores. 40 cores, ladies and gentlemen. I can't even, I can't even contain myself. Also, in other Apple news, their AirPods Max do not support Apple Music's highest lossless quality setting. The outrage, or is it? We, we can talk a bit more about that later. What else we got? TVs just really aren't actually all that cheap anymore due to continued chip shortage problems. We'll talk about that. And also, uh, where is it? The, uh, the, in the future, your truck might power your whole house. In Soviet future, truck powers you. <laughs> I also want to talk about a video that was posted on the Lion Detective's float plane recently. Yeah, the intro is rolling. Oh, Sorry. I saw that late. Rip. Oh, man. Pe Some people are mad. Some people are mad about my title. What? Why? What's your title? What? The title of the stream today. Apple's 44 desktop is coming, and so am I. They're mad about it? Well, like, I, I don't know. It's like they don't like understand like, you know, what words mean. It's like, I'm, I'm coming to you live. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, get your mind out of the gutter. You disgusting. Yeah, you didn't do the, I don't think you did the things. Disgusting people. Uh, oh, uh, the show is, the show is brought to you today by Linode Shells and Corsair. Oh yeah. Hey. Thanks guys. Thanks Thank guys. You. Keep giving me money. All right, let's jump right into our first topic here. Apple's Pro Desktop could have up to 40 cores. Uh, this rumor was broken by Mark German about Apple's impending ARM transition plans. And uh, there's actually a handful of rumors. Let's get through all of them. So first up is that new MacBook Pros, a 14-inch and 16-inch, are shockingly coming featuring Apple Silicon. I don't think anybody saw this coming. New Macs with Apple Silicon. No, no. They were going to have this segmented line forever. Apple Silicon and Intel living in perfect harmony. Um, no. Nope. Not happening. They will Apple have... doesn't like doing their own thing in-house ever. No. So. They're going to have four Thunderbolt ports, HDMI, <clears throat> and an SD card slot. Man, having HDMI back, how... Freaking awesome is that going to be for all the people that don't have HDMI on their laptop already? Like, what yeah. an upgrade. I actually ran a Dell XPS 13 2-in-1 as a daily driver for almost a year, I think. And that was the thing that drove me most crazy. I thought it was going to be USB, like a USB Type-A. And from time to time, that was pretty obnoxious because my YubiKey is a Type-A and I do like to use a mouse if I'm actually sitting and doing something for a while yeah. at the computer. I don't really prefer wireless mice, Bluetooth. I find noticeably, noticeably laggy. I, man, I'd just love to see an industry standard for something like Logitech's Lightspeed. Uh, I was going to say, have you, have you properly tried Lightspeed? Because Lightspeed feels Lightspeed? really good. Well, yeah, but I mean, you need a dongle. They're all type A. So, mm, yeah, so basically, okay. you're yeah. stuck with a dongle no matter what if you want to plug a decent mouse into your laptop. But that wasn't the one that drove me most crazy. The one that drove me most crazy most often was not having HDMI because you never know if you're going to be uh, 
somewhere doing something like for example i was working on that um that badminton game streaming setup at the badminton center it's yeah. amazing how many people saw that streaming setup and were like ew creepy linus watching kids you guys understand that the reason it's all on a computer running obs is because they control the whole thing locally right like do you guys think i'm a f idiot I just don't understand the, the kinds of comments on videos sometimes. Like, oh, creepy pedophile vibes. If I was one of the parents, I'd be outraged. If you were one of the parents, you'd be doing what all the parents are doing and sending me thankful messages that you get to watch your kids' tournament. That's what actually happened, you morons. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I digress. Especially during COVID when they're, they're not supposed to be there, Well, right? they're not during allowed. The yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. That's why so we did Linus it. Linus gave the infrastructure to the club yeah. to be able to serve this to their customers because they wouldn't have done it otherwise. And, and now it's better for everyone. And the other thing is like the people that assume that it was just a constant live stream, like what? It's like, you don't even understand how this works. 99% of the time, they're just recording locally so that they can like do coaching and analysis on their games that they play. Like Anyway, so I was there working on it and I was having an issue with one of the capture devices and theoretically it was supposed to be getting a signal from the camera but you know it wasn't and the thing about a camera is that it's not that easy to uh you know change the output resolution or frame rate or format or whatever else so it's really hard to troubleshoot is my capture card actually dead or is this an issue with the camera and just having a laptop that you can just plug an HDMI cable into and use to diagnose can be extremely useful. Or if you're, I mean, I never travel anymore and give presentations or anything, but even if you're just having a meeting, you want to quickly throw something up on the projector at work, it's, man, it's a pain in the butt to have to dig into your bag for a dongle. And I'm glad that Apple is leading the charge back to sanity by putting some ports on their freaking products because as soon as apple does it the entire rest of the industry will go okay let's all do the same thing now thanks apple great idea without really giving it any thought whatsoever as far as i can tell and so i just it's one of those things where i don't actually daily drive a ton of apple products particularly macs because i i just i prefer i'm more familiar with windows honestly i don't hate mac os it's just I'm more familiar with Windows, and unless I'm at work, I'm playing video games on my computer, and Macs just ain't perfect for that. Um, yeah. So so it's it's not like I actually daily drive them, but I still have to care what they do. A lot of people ask, like, why do you guys cover so much Apple stuff at Linus Tech Tips? It's obvious you hate them or that you, you don't use them or whatever. The, the reason is because it's so important to the industry. What Apple does, the entire rest of the industry will copy, often worse. So you need Apple to be setting the golden standard for the behavior that you want to see in the rest of the industry because otherwise it's going to just it, proliferate. It does seem like very consistently everyone will take uh, the chance to cop out. Like Absolutely. If Apple kind of drops the ball somewhere, they'll be like, nice, that's the bar and I can go slightly below it. Exactly. Like, it's very uncommon that people will be like, oh, we can we can go much above the standard that they set. One quick thing that I want to mention about the uh, wireless mouse for laptop thing. Yes. We were talking recently about big clunky gaming laptops. Yeah. I don't know how expensive this would be. It probably doesn't make like a ton of sense because there's so many different mice companies. You don't know what your customer is going to buy and stuff, but it would be pretty sweet if there was like built-in light speed. Into you know what? Microsoft, Microsoft could probably pull it off. They have excellent low latency wireless that they have built into their Xbox controllers already. Um, 
this seems like the kind of thing that they could probably do. And if it was as simple as so many mouse manufacturers, especially on premium products, will have two radios. They'll have a Bluetooth radio and they'll right. have yeah. uh, like a high performance radio or they'll have one radio that can switch to multi-modes. I'm not actually sure if they have completely separate chips for them. I, I kind of doubt it. That wouldn't be very power efficient. Anyway, the point is, I am willing to bet that over a span of five to six years, you would see people productize laptops and desktops that have support for Microsoft's low latency wireless. And you would probably see peripheral makers embrace that because you already know that it can handle up to four inputs. Actually, can it do more? The, the latest one? I'm actually not sure if it can do a, a maximum of four or eight controllers per dongle. Um, so you already know it can do that. You already know it's low latency. You already know it's reasonably low power. I, I would love to see Microsoft just open up that standard so we could have low latency peripherals everywhere. Maybe chat's lighting up with like, eight. hey, they've already done it, but yeah, eight, eight. controllers. So there's just I, I haven't seen anyone say anything. Yeah, I would be man, I would be I'd be super excited for something Isn't like that. Isn't there a low latency Bluetooth HID spec that peripheral makers should be using? I think so, but I'm pretty sure it's not good enough. I think we're talking like beyond that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and like the, the Logitech Lightspeed one, I just know that one and like it a lot, which is why I mentioned it. But yeah, yeah some form of standard would make significantly more sense. Yeah, because uh, a Corsair has their own, do they call it Slipstream? I think they call it. I don't know. But Everyone's yeah, got their own like sub yeah. one millisecond wireless interface. And it would just be nice if there was an industry standard so that we didn't have to rely on Bluetooth forever. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get back on topic a little bit here. These will be running upgraded CPUs, these new MacBook Pros, known internally as Jade C Chop and Jade C Die. Okay. Both include okay. eight high-performance cores and two energy-efficient cores, and will be offered in either 16 or 32 graphics core variations, and can have up to 64 gigs of RAM. This is that's a far more professional-sounding configuration than the MacBook Pro that we did get last time around that was limited to just 16 gigs, which is fine a few years ago, but really not ideal for anything with Pro in the name today. Unless it's an iPad Pro. I'm still pretty stoked on the, on the new iPad Pro. Um, there's a new Mac Pro, though. This, oh, this will apparently be coming sometime down the line and will be powered by codename Jade2C Die and Jade4C Die. So these will be 20 or 40 core configurations with 16 or 32 high performance cores and then four to eight efficient cores. Like imagine that you've got an eight core CPU that's like your power sipping, barely doing anything one. GPUs would be either 64 or 128 core options. And while these will probably have to be clocked lower, in order to hit those kinds of core counts, I would expect, based on what we've seen so far from Apple Silicon, that they're not going to be clocked that much lower. And these are going to yeah. be absolute monsters in terms of Exciting. performance. Design and engineering has apparently been in the works for several months and is expected to look like a smaller version of the current design. I don't know what smaller version of the current design means, but maybe they meant that it's going to be built on a new process node and then it'll just be kind of multiplied. Uh, we don't know, I, I think. I think they're not talking about the processor. 
there. Oh, oh, the actual shape of the machine. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was like, uh, hold on a second. <laughs> that like would I, be pretty weird. <laughs> I know there's folks out there working on kind of, uh, um, you know, taking microscope shots of Apple's M1 silicon and trying to figure out exact, trying to connect the dots, figure out exactly how it works. Like, is it modular? What do the internal buses look like? I know that, I know that kind of work is going on right now, but um, I, I, thought, yeah, I, was, I thought that's what we were talking about. Okay. Uh, there will apparently also be a new Pro Mac Mini, codenamed J374. I actually love this because looking at the existing M1 Mac Mini, there's no reason that there couldn't be way more computer in there. It's basically a mostly empty shell. So, and like the Mac mini honestly is my favorite Mac. You can, I'm on the record saying that I think it is super. There's a lot of, there's a lot more value there too. It's super quiet. It's incredibly small. Now that it's running M1 Silicon, it's powerful. It doesn't throttle. It's like, it's cheap. It's actually cheap. It's like a computer for everyone, but it yeah. runs Mac OS. It's like you pick up one of those, grab some cheap peripherals and a monitor off Craigslist. You are up and running with a computer that is probably going to be getting OS support for like somewhere between seven and 12 years. That's it. That's all the computer that your auntie needs for the next decade in all likelihood. Like that's a lot of bang for the buck. If you, could, if you could have a decent computer for... $8 a month. That sounds pretty reasonable, right? You think about it that way. And actually I was rounding up to a thousand dollars. They started at like $700 or $600. It's, I can't it's, remember. It's weird these days. Uh, and I mean, it's been a really long time since this was normal, but it's weird these days to talk about Apple and like value. Bang for um, the buck, baby. Bang for the buck. But yeah, Mac minis have always just kind of been there and been a pretty good idea. Yep. And now they're just a better idea than before. Now I'm really curious. I have to know. Um, oh man, not United Arab Emirates, not United Kingdom, United States. Thank you. Uh, Apple's one of those sites that you can't just manually navigate to the U.S. site. It'll it will redirect you until you go to the Canadian one and be, go down to the bottom. No, I really do not want this one. Yeah, it starts at 700, 700. So that's that's a freaking heck of a deal. All right, so the new Pro Mac Mini going to be even better. It's going to have four Thunderbolt ports, same chips as the MacBook Pros, and they're apparently been working on a larger iMac, but development was paused for the release of the 24-inch colored model, and they're doing a redesigned higher-end MacBook Air. Matt, MacBook Air, man, that why why did Apple do that product so dirty over the years? Like it was. The yeah. only, it was the only thin and light that mattered on the market for, I mean, forever. It kind of defined that whole sector, didn't it? It, it really did. It defined that, that the old ad where you put the MacBook Air in the envelope was Game actually changer. like, I, I have never been a Mac guy. I shared that to like everyone that I knew. It, it I was changed. like, this is so cool. This is like the future of laptops. This is the future of like tech, like. Oh my goodness, this is wild. I moved the bar. It changed the expectations. Yeah. And then yeah. for years, it just had this like tier, low resolution screen, even though the Mac, and then the MacBook came out and it was 
basically the air but better in every way but then you could yeah. still get a macbook air for some reason like they just yeah they started making air like the yeah. the cheapo option instead of like the really thin sleek option which is weird because they had fantastic branding for that like everyone understood what it was yep or it. the intentionally worse option like when they just yeah. didn't put cooling in it even though they absolutely had all the space in the world to do it you just, they like, essentially changed it from why? like air to to like the the light like Bad. l-i-t-e like this is the yeah. this is the cut down version instead of the this is the like slim sleek and awesome one yeah so i'm i'm glad to hear that they're going to have a proper high-end macbook air so uh, it'll be using the M1 successor, codenamed Staten, with faster CPU cores and probably two more GPU cores. In other news, hopefully you guys care about Apple stuff, AirPods Max doesn't support Apple Music's lossless quality. And here's my hot take. Who gives a <laughs> You want to talk, talk us through this one, Luke? Uh, sure. Apple's $549 AirPod Max won't support their new lossless service rolling out in June. Uh, neither will other AirPods, to be clear. But I believe uh, we use those ones for the title because they're the big, juicy, expensive ones. Apple Music lossless will stream clean audio that is a bit identical to the original master. Um, starts at CD quality, goes, to, goes as high as audio file, which is 24-bit, 192 kilohertz. Um, which is like kind of wild for mobile. Um, yeah. It's kind of wild in general, but also specifically wild for mobile. Uh, the issue boils down to the fact that Bluetooth caps out at three megabits per second in total. Apple's typical Bluetooth bit rate is 250 kilobits per second, uh, which lines up with AAC. Bluetooth's yep. highest bit rate codec can stream near one megabit per second, which is uh, the Sony LDAC. Um, Bitrate isn't a concern for lossless quality, but it does determine what you can stream, yada yada. Um, either way, they're they're not compatible, which is which is funny. Uh, but I kind of agree, Linus's with Linus's stance that it's not really that big of a deal. Uh, I mean, I don't think a lot you of necessarily people... expect to get the full bang of the buck out of lossless quality from AirPods Max, and I would kind of argue that if you did a blind taste test, most people couldn't tell the difference between lossless and lost files, even on setups where you probably could tell the difference. You know? If you if you thought you were going to get around this, by the way, by using a lightning to three and a half millimeter adapter, um, no, uh, the AirPods Max only take digital input. Um, so if you're listening over three and a half millimeter is actually converting that digital input <laughs> to analog um, using a DAC. So uh, whoops. And then it's going into the AirPods by converting from analog to digital. Yeah, so you're you're basically adding extra noise to the signal. So if your whole thing is that you want the most lossless possible experience, that is that is definitely not the solution. However, Leaker John Prosser says a new firmware may let AirPods Max do lossless. Uh, Wi-Fi is not nearly as limited as Bluetooth in terms of bandwidth, not even close. And Apple yeah. may turn on... Um, AirPlay support for the AirPods Max for lossless streams. Uh, Prosser goes as far as to say that Apple is planning on it. Um, Apple also filed a patent in 2019 that would increase Bluetooth to 8 megabit per second. The thing, though, is that, guys, guys, okay, like Luke said, have you, have you actually listened to AirPods Max, Luke? No, and I have heard they're very good, but they're st I still have a hard time believing you know, like I've I've done tests with like pretty high end audio gear where you try different audio files, like the actual files. Yeah. Um, and it's like 
I don't know. It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to tell. And especially when you're like testing yourself, it's pretty hard to tell like, okay, is this placebo? Cause I know what file I just opened or do I like actually hear a difference? And it's, it's pretty hard to discern. Um, so being able to do that with mobile earbuds is, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is that it's not like all is lost because it's yeah. part of the point of lossless audio files is kind of a, a garbage in sort of garbage out way of, of thinking about it. Um, so yeah. if you have, uh, if you have lossy files and then a lossy streaming codec to your imperfect headphones, you're basically kind of, you're, you're changing the original sound three times at three separate stages. However, if you have a lossless file that is then being streamed in a lossy format to your imperfect headphones, you're basically just taking one more one more place that the that the sound could change. You're taking one more yeah. one more of those steps out of the potential change. So you're you're basically going to benefit from this lossless these lossless audio files even if the streaming protocol that your headphones are using is not capable of preserving that. that that's a good point. Cause like another, another way to look at it is almost like, uh, like frame rates, like increasing your, your maximums is cool, but lifting those minimums is, is extremely important. Yeah. Um, raising the, the bottom bar is really important. So, so if you can avoid any, any issues there, it's a very positive experience, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I also just really don't think it's a big deal because once yeah. you get to the point where you're at about like 192 uh, uh, kilohertz or whatever that, no, 192, it's just kilobit per second, right? I think it's so, kilohertz. And, uh, 192 kilohertz? Pretty sure. No, it's kilobit per second. I'm just really? Gonna, it's yeah, in the, she does kilohertz. Yeah, I ignore that. Um, so as soon as you get to 192 kilobit per second, like oh right, it's that makes sense. Jeez. Really, really, really hard to tell, guys. <laughs> uh, and I'm talking about even on legitimately, actually high-end headphones, not AirPods Max. I got yeah, such a I, kick out I, of Apple's marketing for AirPods Max. They treated it like it was going to be the way they described it and they're always like this they're, they're hyperbolic right they described it like it was going to be god's gift to audiophiles and no it's consumer headphones for consumers let's stop pretending this is a premium audio solution because it's just not and there is there is fairly premium iems um i haven't listened to them but i'm going to assume that this ain't it chief uh, uh, i also think that like if you were already going to buy these 549 dollar AirPod Maxes. There was probably a lot of other reasons, and I don't necessarily think that this is going to hold almost anyone back. I would make that argument. Um, Sorry, it is kilohertz. It's the yeah. sample rate. I was get uh, man. Every once in a while, I have like a crazy brain fart on live stream, and I was like, "Wait a minute! No, 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 no! It can't be 192 kilohertz because that would be frequency response. Why am I? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sample rate. Yes. So, what is the bit rate of 192? kilohertz uh file bit rate sorry i wanted the bit rate a highest quality mp3 has a bit rate of 320 kilobit per second okay it's about nine megabit per second did you see uh 92 kilohertz file speaking of of yeah. using terms incorrectly did you see Oof. dr dr ian cutris oh no what did dr cutris do you might want to check it out it's on his twitter 16 hours ago it's still there 
it's still there. Did he do something wrong? Um, all right, all right. I'm checking it out. I'm checking it out. All right, display capture. Here we go. I can link it to you. I no, no, I got it already. It. I got it. I got it. Okay, okay. Okay, the pinned tweet. Uh, I'm on YouTube creators. Creator on the rise today. Oh, that's cool. That is actually pretty cool. Look at that. Uh, is he kill, still called like Hut Hut Potato or whatever though? Tech Tech Potato. Tech Tech, tech Potato. Yeah, he really, God. really needs to um, change that. Uh, come on. <laughs> cool you're trending but come on oh wow as a community we need to be more accurate when we are talking about dram a kit of ddr4 3600 runs at 3600 mega transfers per second not megahertz it actually runs at 1800 megahertz and does two transfers per hertz. That's why it's called double data rate because it does twice as many transfers, once on the rising, once on the falling edge of the signal. Yes, that is true, Dr. Cutress, but I and unfortunately the entire rest of the industry don't give two flying about that distinction and so unfortunately because we've been using it this way for so long and it's even gone as far as to the point where most motherboard bioses denote it this way we are never ever ever going to get that fixed i'm so sorry you're 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 not wrong he makes, um, he makes an argument below that um saying that because someone's like, oh, I get it, but does it really matter? Blah, 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 blah. Everyone's been using it this way the whole time. Um, he says it does matter. It's accuracy. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, the world will move to QDR for main memory at some point, and it's better to pivot now than deal with the confusion later. Do you agree? Yes or no? No, I don't. Because for all intents and purposes, QDR will be twice as fast as DDR. And when you're talking to the average consumer or even a fairly educated consumer, if, what's that? Nothing. Don't oh, worry. even if you're talking to a fairly educated consumer, a lot of the time it's words are about communicating. The words are about communication, right? So a lot of the time, the way that we communicate to each other is is more about making sure that there's clarity and less about making sure that. Um, from a pedantic point of view, we are uh, more correct. Um, so if I were to say, okay, Luke, uh, we've got this, this memory is like balling out of control. It's, it's eight gigahertz. Uh, or if I was going to say, okay, it's four gigahertz QDR instead of four gigahertz DDR, which one would you think is faster? Mm, the QDR one? Okay, yeah, but that's, they're, they're both the same. So I don't even know, are you trolling me right now? I, I was trying to think like from a consumer standpoint, I'd be like, oh, but the other thing looks bigger, so maybe more. I can kind of understand his argument here. I can understand his argument too. It just doesn't matter because, okay, it's like ATM machine. You're not actually, yeah, you're wrong or whatever, <laughs> right? Okay, fair. It, but it doesn't it doesn't matter because the communication is very clear. And in this case, if you were to say instead of, you know, uh, so so let's say uh, we end up at, you know, four gigahertz DDR and then all of a sudden there's a QDR um, 
changeover, and now we can do eight gigahertz. Or okay, sorry, excuse me. We're at four uh, four giga transfers per second versus eight giga transfers per second, right? Um, ultimately, ultimately, what we're talking about is an actual doubling in effective real world speed. So, are we being? Is it incorrect? Yes. But is it actually misleading anyone? Because I'll get really upset when marketing terms end up misleading the user. In this case, we are actually leading the user to the correct conclusion by using terminology that they are more likely to already understand. And if we want to get, you know, if we want to get sort of really um, annoying about the way we're making the argument, we could say something along the lines of, okay, well then I wasn't talking about the actual switching frequency of the IC. I was talking about the, um, the, 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 the transfers. So the, the transfers themselves are running at 8,000 8, megahertz. Because you are still doing 8,000 mega transfers per second. It is cycling 8,000 times or, or a bit is moving 8,000 times per second in either case. So it's just, it's just one of those things where it just doesn't matter. Um, I, expect, I expect a response from... I expect Dr. a response Contrast. too. And like, I get it. There's certain... There, I mean, everyone has their own hill that they die on. You know, I got really upset when the industry started calling... Um, LED backlit LCDs, LED monitors. Because that really is extremely misleading. LED display technology was already something that was a twinkle in the eye of engineers who were working on that technology. And LED display technology is not the same thing as an LED backlight of behind an LCD panel. Like, Functionally, those are extremely different technologies with extremely different advantages and disadvantages. So now that it's actually coming to fruition, uh, we're, we're ending up calling the actual light-emitting diode displays micro-LED because in order to get them small enough to integrate into a display in that way, they do have to be... Uh, There's just a completely different Tiny. size class, yeah. so they're they're micro. And then adding to the confusion, we now have mini LED TVs, which use smaller but not as small backlights that are made up of LEDs, <laughs> but in multiple zones. That is an area where the confusion that was that ended up that will be caused by that nomenclature. If I'm a consumer, I walk into a Best Buy. I'm not going to understand why the micro LED TV costs four times as much as the mini LED TV. And if we hadn't started calling, if we hadn't started naming TVs by their backlight type instead of by their panel type, we never would have had this problem. That will lead to actual consumer confusion. In this case, it just doesn't matter because consumers will not be confused because the terminology is already something they're familiar with. And when that number doubles, it will have a real world doubling effect on performance. So who cares? They're not being misled. It just doesn't affect anything. There, that's my take. He's not technically wrong, but it's irrelevant. Well, I, think they, I think they are being misled, but it doesn't, like he said, it doesn't necessarily affect anything. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, Friuni Gamer says Hertz just means per second. There's no unit there. So using Hertz for transfer per second is not incorrect. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the argument I was kind of making before, but I was being a bit facetious because 
in information technology, we generally use Hertz to describe um, like a, a like a, a clock cycle. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't use it to describe what is being done on that clock cycle, right? So, you know, if we want to start talking about that, well, now we're, you know, in, in CPU terms, we're talking about IPC, so instructions per clock. So from Ian's point of view, um, this is kind of akin to AMD or Intel getting it in their head that they can start branding their CPUs by how many instructions on average they can execute per clock. And then, you know, Intel coming out and saying, well, here, hold on a second. What is the, uh, I actually don't know what it is for, for because it doesn't matter. I don't know what it is for either Ryzen or 11th gen Intel, but uh, that would be extremely confusing if Intel and AMD were to change that branding and come out overnight and say, hey, we don't have four or five gigahertz CPUs anymore. Now they run at 20 or 30 gigahertz because we're counting how many instructions they can execute per cycle. Um, so he's right. We don't have consistency right now. I just still don't care. All right, why don't we jump into our next topic for today? Our, oops, uh, ooh, sponsors. Da, 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 da. Hey, thanks sponsors for making it possible for us to run this show. Check yes. out the Corsair Virtuoso RGB Wireless XT. Boy, that is a mouthful and it'll fill up your head with them good sounds. It features simultaneous, that's right, dual wireless connections so you can get high fidelity game audio with hyper fast, ultra long range using their Slipstream wireless technology. Oh, and of course it does have Bluetooth as well with Qualcomm Aptics HD. It's got a matched pair of precisely tuned 50mm high-density neodymium speaker drivers to deliver impeccable sound, and a detachable 9.5mm omnidirectional high-bandwidth microphone. I don't know what high-bandwidth microphone means, but I love you, Corsair. You guys are great. If I had to guess, I would say it's actually more to do with the wireless connection and less to do with the uh, you know wires that connect the microphone to the... Uh, I guess yeah, analog to digital conversion. I think what they're saying is that the microphone has more mega transfers. Mega transfers per second. Uh, it's got wide device compatibility. It's PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and more, and up to 15 hours of battery life. So get yours today at the link in the video description. The show is also brought to you by Linode. Linode is a powerful Linux-based cloud computing service that is affordable and easy to use. It features a large marketplace with fully configured one-click apps, allowing you to quickly deploy servers for games like Minecraft, CSGO, and Valheim. You can host your own website with easy WordPress and Drupal integrations, or you can go DIY if you want a full custom setup. They've got affordable pricing with no hidden fees that sneak onto your monthly bill and servers all over the world. Best of all, Linode has tons of great free features like their 100% human customer service that's available 24-7, 365, and reachable by phone, email, or social media, and no-cost DDoS protection as well as 99.99% compute uptime. So set up your own server today and get $100 60-day credit on your new account at linode.com wan. Finally, the show is brought to you by Shells. Thanks to Shells for sponsoring today's show. Shells.com offers secure personal cloud computers that can be accessed from anywhere on almost any device. It was created by one of the founders of Private Internet Access, one of our other sponsors, haha, and runs in your web browser, so it works on your phone, tablet, computer, or even your new Xbox. With Shells, you can open up a brand new high-speed computer on any device in under five minutes, and they've got options for both Windows and various Linux operating systems. Uh, distros, distros, excuse me. Wow, I could hear, I could hear the re from here. 
Uh, Shell's, oh boy. <laughs> Shell's virtual desktops are always on, so you can switch devices on the fly, and their affordable pricing starts at just $4.95 a month with no hidden costs. So give your computer a break and get a virtual desktop at the link down below. All right. Let's talk about why TVs aren't cheap anymore, Luke. Why aren't TVs cheap anymore? Because ain't nobody got no chips. Ain't nobody got chips? What are you talking about? Ain't nobody got chips for that? All right. So all the extra screen usage due to COVID and semiconductor supply crunch that is causing more price spikes in gadgets, TVs are next on the list. We've seen everything. Vehicles. Uh, there, there was there was an article I read recently about some, some company having a, a really, really hard time. I think it was Tesla. They have like 30,000 cars parked right now or something that they can't deliver to customers uh, because there's one small part that's missing. They're all parked like outside and stuff because they're nearly completed. Wow. And the task can be completed by the service team. So it's not like they have to like rebuild the car or anything, but there's like a small component that they're missing and they just can't get the chips for it, which is actually bonkers. Um, but yeah, rough. now it has spread to the TV department of things the price of larger tv models has shot up around 30 percent compared to last summer uh again probably a mixture of a lot more people buying tvs and also uh the chip shortage uh the jump is a direct result of yeah chip crisis of course it's not just tv makers that are feeling the squeeze asus said during quarterly earnings call uh that a shortage of components would mean price hikes further upstream r.i.p uh, Display-bound integrated circuits pose specific challenges since the circuits are typically made at chip factories. Oh, yikes! Uh, that are several generations behind the cutting edge. Yeah, well, chip that makers, makes sense. Yeah, it does. It just yeah. Uh, chip makers are focused on building more advanced fabrication plants that yield more valuable components, leaving little incentive to invest in capacity at older fabs, which I mean, makes sense. Like you yeah. don't want to get rid of those old fabs. They were massive investments and you can still make a lot of money off of them. But if you're going to build a new one, you're going to tool it for new stuff. Yep. And there's no, and there's no reason that a TV has to have a seven nanometer processor no. in it that has like literally, you know, an $80 cost or whatever, when realistically the processing that you're doing in the TV can be done on something that costs $4. I mean, if there's if there's anything TV manufacturers have shown over the years, it's that they will shamelessly save a dollar if it helps oh, yeah. bring down the cost of their TV, even a dollar. I mean, look at the way that LG up until even last year. I don't even know if this year's models fixed it, but they still had 1000 Ethernet on their high end TVs. Oh, These are TVs that cost thousands of dollars. Right. And I'm looking at it going, are you, are you for real right now? Are you actually really in this real earth that we both apparently live on I, I don't even understand it they're like the only people on the planet that is still using that that fab that's making 10 100 ports right <laughs> i mean to be clear there's lots of industrial products that i guess yeah could just really don't need gigabit ethernet but come on the tv yeah. does especially if you run the uh plex run your plex app on the on the built-in uh, whether it's on WebOS or whether it's on Tizen or whatever, if you if you run the Plex app that's specific to your TV, it actually can need that bandwidth. There's Blu-ray rips that easily exceed 100 megabit. In related news, Sony told analysts that uh, this week the PlayStation 5 would remain in short supply due to the chip crunch all the way through 2022. Uh, some components have seen prices jump orders of magnitude vrms that normally cost 50 cents have been selling for as much as 70 dollars wow 
At the consumer level, products that require display integrated circuits are feeling the impact first and hardest because of the factory limitations. Right. Even though the US government has proposed a $50 billion stimulus for the US chip industry in an effort, this isn't, yeah, this isn't going to fix it's it. It's not going to do uh, anything immediately. No. It takes that still so... won't make up for the immediate demand because it's going to take forever to build those fabs. It's yeah. great. Building, building chips stateside, as I think the Americans say, uh, sounds good. Having more fabs globally sure. seems like a good great. idea. More and more things have chips in them these days. More and more things are connected um, and in, in with like powerful hardware. So yeah, yeah. let's do it. But it's not going to fix the problem now. I'm glad we're waking up to this now. You know, I mean, better yes. now than yeah. never, Absolutely. I guess. Yeah. I, don't, but... yeah, I don't want to criticize them doing it. Yeah. It's just not going to fix it in the next like year. Yeah. Um, it, it will It will definitely help in, in the longer term for sure. But yeah. oh, I mean, according so according to Michael Hurlston of Synaptics, so Synaptics, you know, they make crappy uh, touchpads. Um, it's just simple economics. Oh, they probably make good ones too. It's just the, their reputation. The only time I ever see their branding. That's the thing. When you're an OEM and the only time a consumer ever sees your branding is on like a low-end crappy product that you supply, that's bad. You gotta not. You gotta not do that. You're better off that no one knows who you are just at don't all. Don't show the branding ever. Yeah. 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 You'd be way better off with that. Uh, anyway, so um, they're the circuit maker responsible for ICs and many touchscreens and trackpads. It's just simple economics, he says. There's a finite amount of supply. We are all fighting for it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. There's just nothing you can really do about it. Uh, we do have something we can do for you guys, though. Uh, we're calling this the Sweaty Boy Discount. It's on LTTstore.com. And all you got to do is head over there. And with every order of a water bottle, you can get sweatbands. Where are they? They look a little something like... Oh, what the heck? Where are they? Where are the dang sweatbands? Well, they're they're on here somewhere, presumably. Well, okay, let's try this. Okay, now I'm a little confused. Uh, add to cart. Okay. Uh huh. What the? Gosh darn it! How does this work? Well, clearly. Ah yes. Sweaty boy. B O I. Let's apply that. Enter a valid discount code. Dang it! Did Nick even? Did he set this up, or am I just completely doing it wrong? Whatever. I'm sure you guys know how to do it. So this weekend, oh, I don't think, did you add them both to cart separately? Oh yeah. You have to add them both to cart. I couldn't find it. Oh, why can't I find the, the, the... yeah, it's not, it's not a discount <gasps> code. So you add oh, the water bottle. No, 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 I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Okay. Clothing and gear. You had a water bottle. Derp. You had a, you had a sweatband. I, um, I got this. I got this. You got to add them to cart. There you go. Sweaty boy. Uh, so you get free sweatbands with your water bottle, any water bottle gotcha, this weekend. Sorry about that, Nick. My bad. I knew you did it right. All right. AMD is apparently working on their Ryzen 5000 B2 stepping refresh. They are getting a Vermeer B2 revision Ooh. over the next six months. And AMD has publicly stated that these are not XT versions. These okay. are not juiced up Ryzen 5000s. There is no improvement in functionality. There were some rumors of improved clock speeds. Remember, though, that they wouldn't necessarily advertise that. They would just allow them to turbo higher, but this is all about manufacturing processes instead. Um, <laughs> AMD CPUs have been difficult to get a hold of, particularly Ryzen 9 5900X and 5600X. 
um, Ryzen 5 5600X, excuse me. Some early purchasers have waited months for their CPUs to arrive. So maybe with this new refresh, AMD can, you know, improve their supply or start focusing on XT versions. There's actually rumors that Warhol Zen 3 Plus is currently canceled due to the ship chip shortage. Um, the original speculation was that Zen 3 Plus would be mostly a minor improvement to IPC. So it's not surprising they would opt to just create a better processor rather than a slightly better processor. Um, semiconductor shortages. Oh, this is interesting. This ended up in our AMD topic, but it's kind of related to what you're talking about before with, what was it, Tesla that had 30,000 cars just sitting ready to it's, rock? It's, it's something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure someone has a correction, but there's a lot of Tesla cars just sitting around waiting to be delivered. So the semiconductor shortages are expected to cause $110 billion in lost sales for automakers this year. That is a, that is a big oof. <laughs> Uh, speaking of big oofs, Bitcoin is down again. Thanks, China. Uh, it's actually, wait, hold on a second. 37,894. I think that's actually recovered a bit today. But uh, yeah, that's down a fair bit off the highs that approached to nearly 60,000 US dollars. Um, apparently this is likely due to news that China is banning financial institutions from providing cryptocurrency services. So they cannot provide any of the following registration, trading, clearing, or settlement. People can still hold crypto. The CCP is simply advising heavily against it due to the recent fluctuations. Um, the virtual currencies are not supported by real value as though fiat currencies are, and trading contracts aren't protected yeah, really. by Chinese law. Wow, that's nearly a trillion dollars in market cap lost. Wow. Ethereum, meanwhile, reached record highs earlier this month of roughly 4.1 thousand US dollars and have now fallen to roughly 2.4 thousand US dollars. And then Dogecoin has kind of come out of nowhere with tech meme lord, uh, whatever he calls himself these days, tweeting about it and causing these wild, wild fluctuations. I wonder if his point is that this should be regulated. Like, is that what Elon's trying to prove <laughs> by knows? showing I... how quickly and easily he can change the price of an actual <laughs> currency by Anything, billions and billions and billions of dollars, you know, total? I, just... I, I, I will say crypto, the, the crypto peeps that have been in it for a long time, I think are, are maybe like, frustrated about the uh, China banning financial institutions providing certain services for them and and Elon just YOLOing everything all over the place. But this is not their first fall, you know? And I think you can see that in a lot of the people yep. that have been invested for a long time is they're yep. like, okay, well, this is this is a blow, but like we've weathered the storm before and we'll be fine. It's it's the main people By that the I'm dip. seeing scre screaming about this. Yeah, yep. yeah. The main people that I'm seeing screaming about this are like, oh, I, I bought at the absolute peak and now yeah. everything sucks. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah, that's Maybe what you try get. to invest more carefully. I mean, you say that, but you can, I think there have been multiple studies showing that a chimp or throwing a, throwing a dart at a board can pick stocks about as well as the skilled like investors. Else. So true. Fair. Yeah. We're not judging if you invested wrong. Um, and we're not going to judge if you're pretty excited about the Ford F-150 oh. Lightning. I was working on, I was working on some Ford transition, but you, not only did you beat me to it, but I think you did it better anyways. Yeah. The F-150 Lightning, it looks 
pretty interesting. Uh, it has been officially uh -huh. released with impressive specs and lots of actually pretty uh, kind of practical and cool features. It gives us a glimpse yep. of where the audio, uh, audio, I almost said automotive industry is potentially heading. Um, it has kind of typical vehicle specs plus EV, 0 to 60 in just over four seconds. No, it is not the Roadster. Yeah. Um, but 0 yes, to 60 in four seconds is like, it is still a fast. wicked fast electric vehicle. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It has the most torque in any F-150 ever, which shouldn't be surprising uh, if you even have a rudimentary understanding of this stuff. 426 horsepower for the standard range motors. Um, I do believe the price on this is going to range a fair amount because the sticker price, uh, I believe, at ba yeah for, at the base model before EV tax rebates is just shy of 40K. And I suspect you'll be able to crank that up if uh, customizing F-150s in the past is anything to go by. Um, its maximum charging speed is 150 kilowatts wow. uh, with Electrify America chargers. That is Which means fast. it would take 44 minutes on the standard range batteries to fully charge uh, the truck at a station. That's not batteries. bad. That's like, that's like actual, like, you know, get a, get a, a spaghetti plate kind of at a diner. It's, and a, then... it's a full like meal. It's not like a, it's not, you know, yeah, it's not petrol not a snack stop, sure, but that would but... also be from going from depleted to full. Yeah, right? for sure. So like it's, it's, I could very often see it being half of that. Um, yeah, it has some interesting stuff though. So Ford is offering a 80 amp charge station pro, uh, but it has an interesting quirk. If your power goes out, you can actually use your Ford uh, potentially other Fords in the future. Right now, just the Ford F-150s Lightning to power your house. They're saying for for up to like a few days or whatever, that's obviously going to scale It'll, yeah. based on your usage. If you're going to dry your clothes or whatever the whole time. You're going to have a bad time. But Yeah, like you need to be intelligent with it. Don't don't just go into it and be like, oh, ha, ha, I can do everything exactly like I normally do and it's going to yeah. last for a few days. Well, no, probably not. But um you know, if you're smart about it, if you can serve, you can probably make it last for quite a while, which is actually really cool. The F-150 yeah. also features a power frunk, so front trunk, acting how a traditional SUV trunk would. It's weather sealed. It's suitable for up to 400 pounds, 14 cubic feet. It contains 420 volt power outlets as well, uh, removing the need. Uh, I don't know if I entirely agree with this. Removing the need for on-site power or heavy-duty battery packs. Not 100%. But it would definitely help, especially for it would help uh, a lot. Short term jobs. Yeah. Like you're if well, yes and no. If you're if you're not too in the middle of nowhere, which you assume you wouldn't be, like you can't commute three hours in the morning, you know what I mean? Like if you're not too far in the middle of nowhere, I could legitimately see charging all your tools and stuff in there when you're oh, on the Oh yeah, but it's 100%. it's it's yeah, it, it just says on-site power. I guess they are. It's a truck. They're probably assuming you're talking about like construction type of job yeah, site. Yeah. There are job sites that need significantly more power. Right. Uh, but we're we're talking framing a house. Truck. You yeah, know, yeah, some yeah. lights, some, you know, if you're some doing grills. That, it'll get you really far. Which oh, is cool. for sure. And I like that there's four plugs because I, for one, have pretty much never seen a job site where they only have one battery yeah. charger thing. Well, so, because everyone has different battery ecosystems for their tools, yeah. right? So what are you going to do about it? <laughs> so it's nice. That, I mean, you can branch off of them too, I'm sure. But it's still nice that they have four plugs. It's yeah. pretty sweet. Really handy. It's not going to replace like those giant hauling generators and stuff. But um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's cool. Sweet feature. Yeah. Also, 
interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, Nick, Mr. Mr. Nick posted out a tweet and asked, what would you actually buy? I found this really interesting, especially considering we, uh, we have a tech audience and yeah. I'm sure Nick's followers are consist of many tech focused people. Uh, the F-150 Lightning one with, and this, this has almost 2000 votes to be clear. Right. This was a, this was an active poll. The F one fifty Lightning has fifty four percent of the votes. It won. I mean, that was actually stunning. So to me. here's the thing: like, people, especially North Americans, love their F one fifty. It is the yeah. top selling vehicle on the continent since Ronald Reagan was president. <laughs> like to put it in perspective. Number one every year in America since like the 1980s. <laughs> I, I forget what it is. It's like it's either one in eight or one in six of all vehicles in America are F-150s or something just ludicrous like that. Like I had no idea. Remember, I live in an urban center and I'm in Canada. Um, we don't have quite the same number of F-150s. We still have a lot, but yeah. But it's not quite like that. Uh, so people like people love their F-150s. So I've gone ahead and I've posted this in the in all three chats. And I want to see what happens to Nick's poll results as the results uh, come in here. I think the poll is final. Oh, it's dead. Oh, this was like two days ago. Oh, well, so much yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Everyone. We could do a straw poll and see if there's a difference between Nick's Twitter followers and the Land Show viewership. I I doubt I doubt it. I doubt there's going to be much difference. Probably I mean, honestly, similar. to me, it's an it's a no brainer. Like it is, it has been clear that from day zero that Tesla has been on a timer. They have had until the other automakers figure out how to make electric cars to figure out how to make cars. And in their defense, which they don't need, uh, they've opened up a bunch of their stuff and they've very much invited um, competition. Um, but yeah, I mean, e even just little things like the amount of criticism that they've had rightfully so about some of the, like, just kind of rough manufacturing, like panel gaps and, and all this other kind of stuff. Yep. I seriously doubt you're going to have that, um, with the North American beloved F-150s. Yeah. I, I, at, at, at 40 grand for the base model before EV tax credits. Pretty good. F-150 Lightning's looking like a pretty obvious uh, one to go with it's pretty good yeah and uh, i think and especially with like i i know there's there's a lot of like okay i shouldn't say a lot there is a population of truck guys that are those like and gals and gals um that that'll like go to charging stations and like block the stalls and make it so you can't charge your evs and like coal roll and all, all this other kind of junk but there's also a ton of truck people that drive their truck a lot and see how much it costs and would be maybe pretty interested in just plug it into a wall. Mm -hmm. Um, especially when like every day they're driving a ton and hauling a lot of stuff, which uses yeah. more gas and just going through mass amounts of money. There's probably job sites or there's definitely job sites, um, that own the trucks as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the employees don't own the trucks. They own the trucks and they're giving these fleet. Yeah. Are going to be they, huge. They have, Gas stations have like specific instructions that I'm sure you guys have seen for people with fleet cards because they buy so much freaking fuel. 
Yeah. Um, if they can convert that to like charging stations and stuff, and like, yeah, there's a lot of value here. You won't be able to convert everything. Gasoline is no. going to power a lot of work vehicles for a very, very long time. But for many people, uh, especially the ones that only use or the hauling, like the hauling capabilities of their truck occasionally and actually do live in the city, or for people who commute regularly to a to a job site that's always in the same place. Where their where their travel time is predictable, there's no reason that they yeah. couldn't go electric, or that or that a company couldn't convert part of their fleet to electric and then allocate the electric and gasoline powered or diesel powered vehicles, as it were, um, as needed. Yeah, like definitely definitely not an answer for everything. No, um, but I think it's going to be a absolutely fantastic answer for some things. Yeah. Yeah, I I I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. It looks like. Tesla now knows exactly how much time they have to figure out how to actually be a profitable car maker because a lot of people don't think Tesla is profitable, but they're only profitable because of other car manufacturers buying like EV production credits from them. That's the only reason. They're effectively subsidized by the U.S. government's regulations so that force weird. other car makers to give them money. All right, let's go through some super chats. Otherwise, that's pretty much it for the day. Any chance for a light-colored version of the Stealth hoodie? It would be nicer to wear outside in the summer months. Uh, a light-colored. Well, we definitely do have other hoodie colors uh, coming. We have the like a color block one. Uh, we have a white hoodie coming that we're going to do some like graphic designs on. What it's been waiting on is uh, we just can't find... <sighs> we can't find everything, you know? We can't find um, an ethical factory with high enough quality. And honestly, the pricing isn't even a huge factor at this point. We just can't find the right product. Um, and then the price is a secondary concern. And we've been working on it for a very long time. Uh, Bridget and Hannah, particularly on the Creator Warehouse team, are doing an amazing job, though. We are narrowing in on both our own t-shirts and our own hoodies. And they're going to be awesome. And you'll just have to hold out for a little bit longer, please. Metal Gap, he says, in your verified actual gamer program, are you planning on including any 3090s or was 3080s the highest card you were going to distribute? We will distribute anything any card maker will sell us. As long as it's at MSRP minus a few percent, we will we will pass them on to you at MSRP. That's just literally everything we've been able to get. So... Sorry, we I, I've specifically asked for lower priced ones in particular because I know a lot of people would love to just have a 1650 or a 1660, but they're I haven't been able to get anything. Uh, Oliver says way back in 2019. Now uh, you mentioned having reliability issues with your Thunderbolt 2 optical cables as well as display problems. Not interested in VMs, but want to rack mount my rigs. Trying to decide between using Thunderbolt 3 or going in on fiber optic USB extenders. So Thunderbolt 3 or 4 when it works great with a dock is great. And when it doesn't, boy, am I ever glad that I have a fiber optic USB extender. The one from, oh, what's their face? Icron is amazing. Make sure you get a multi-mode one. Not all of them work with um, different USB standards. So this one does USB 2 and USB 3. They don't all do that. Some of them are USB 3 only. Um, Aaron says, what's your position on Bill C10? Would you consider having fellow Vancouver-based YouTuber JJ McCullough on to discuss the bill's implications on internet regulation here in Canada? So I actually sat through YouTube's propaganda session about it today. 
uh, where they gave me their position on it. Uh, they were very fair and balanced about exactly what the bill means and definitely didn't spread any fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Um, I'm not sure where I'm at on it. One of the things that I've actually asked YouTube to do, because uh, we had a bit of a sort of roundtable, I guess, but it was mostly a presentation. We've had... Um, We've, we've asked and other creators asked for the same thing. Um, so I asked if YouTube could arrange to uh, get us the other side of the story. So we got, um, we got a professor that came in and talked about it. We got some YouTube representatives who came in and talked about it. But what we really wanted is to hear the other side as well. So we'd like to hear from some of the regulators, um, someone from the CRTC, um, legislators who want to talk about what exactly they're trying to do here because it seems like while some of YouTube's concerns about it are definitely creator oriented, um, some of them also seem to be because they just don't want to play by the same rules that traditional broadcast media in this country have had to. And in my opinion, uh, YouTube is significantly downplaying the impact that platforms like YouTube have on the net negative cultural exports that countries like Canada do. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I'd like to, I'd like to really talk to, there was a lot of, today there was a lot of, we don't know how this is going to play out, which is fair enough. But to me, that doesn't mean we should oppose it. That means we should make our voices heard and try to shape it. Um, unless we have some kind of other agenda. Now, with that said, I don't have a lot of trust. Uh, to be clear, I, I, I should, I should, sorry, I should clarify. Just because YouTube very much took their own side, obviously, doesn't mean that I disagree with them and doesn't mean that I support Bill C-10. Uh, the CRTC has a long and proud tradition of not actually protecting the best interests of Canadians. So I, I don't actually have a lot of trust in that body and uh, I, I don't necessarily disagree with YouTube that the outcome could be dire. I just also am not willing to make a decision based on, but what about, but what about, but what about, what if, what if, what if, because we don't know yet. Um, the SLK66 has, says, have you considered doing a Chia mining video? You already had a hard drive crypto mining video. I thought that one was with Chia coin. Is that a different coin? Is Chia not the same one that was around... Way back when? Uh, no. Oh, that's I... the new storage one, right? The oh, the okay. the old school storage one was something else. Yeah, I, I have a bunch of like the old school storage one, and it's useless, and no one cares. And oh, okay. She is, she is cool now. Got it. I totally forgot that that was a different one. Uh, I don't have apparently like a, a link to learn anything about it under that video, so I just have to actually watch the video. I'm just not going to do that right now. All right, cool. First, uh, yeah. Yeah, Burst, Burst was the old one. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, John McBain. The Witch X Master. Linus, the lovable fool I can't stop laughing at and watching. Love your videos, bro. Now take my money. All right. Uh, yes, I will. Matt Taylor says, Linus, video idea. Um, OLED not an option. Brightroom, etc. LED TV with Dolby Vision or QLED TV with HDR10. Which one is better? I mean, wow, that is a very um, specific question. Um I don't know. I'd have to know the specific models. I can tell you that the Evo QLEDs that Samsung just released are looking real fly, though. The video's coming for that very soon. I'm I'm real impressed. 
Uh, Steve says, what should I buy for my 3090 founders? Uh, Corsair EK, is there a real difference? In terms of performance, both of them will give you about as much as you can squeeze out of that card. So I would buy whichever one works best for your setup. Um, oh, Adam says, third WAN show from the hospital with COVID-19. Get your vaccines, folks. Don't wait. Combined two broken laptops into one working one in my hospital room. Still can't stream from my rig at home. Sorry, Adam. Sorry to hear that. Uh, David SJ says 50,000 Ford F-150s unfinished due to chip shortage. The lot at my dealership is almost empty. Yeah, like things are crazy. Parts supply shortages starting to affect current owners. It's going to get worse before it gets better. That's that's rough. Joshua asks, possible to take a look at color e-ink? Yeah, I'd really like to. We should we should probably get that going soon. Glad to hear it, Profits Business Guru. Baseboy Low G says, Do I buy the dip or do I buy the dip? Oh Lordy. I'm not I'm not getting into that. Do not come here for financial advice. Yeah, that's the worst place to go. All right. It's Jabuda. Thanks for the super chat. And I think we're gonna call it. One quick last thing before we go. Yes. I have to give a shout out. I think Ed uploaded it. Um, but he he uploaded an FP exclusive extra, uh, which was one of those uh, old funk commercials that we filmed back in the day. Yes. So it's gold, funny. dude. It's so bad. It's so good. No, it's great. <laughs> it's, so... it's so actually it's that so one is really good. Point, the but... ninja one that he did the next day, though, so bad. The ninja one. Do you remember the ninja one for Be Quiet? Oh, when I jump off the fence and try to chase you or whatever? I jumped off the fence. That was my stunt. When you jumped off the fence. No, I'm pretty sure I jumped off the fence. I did the flip. I I do think you did a flip. I'm pretty sure I jumped there off the is. fence, though. Ridiculous. And we both jumped off the fence? <laughs> you probably jumped you probably jumped off the fence as well. Yeah, we, we very likely both oh, jumped off man, the fence. This was so cringe, so dark. You can't even like see anything. That FS seven hundred man, it did not have great low light performance. <clears throat> this thing was hilarious, man. Remember, this is so funny. Ed always titles things so well. Remember when we made a commercial for a mouse eight years ago? <laughs> yep. Look at baby Luke. And oh wait, where'd you go? There's baby Luke. I'm like, yeah. My my dad probably cut my hair because it's like really, oh, really, man. really short. Yeah, I love it. I thought I did pretty good in this. I think I did pretty bad in pretty much everything else. Yeah, no, you were great. You were rewatching this. I was like, oh, that was all right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I've got I've got very specific things that I can do pretty well, <laughs> and I was spoon fed them in this video. <laughs> oh man. That was very fun to watch, though. Yeah, so if anyone's on Flowpen and didn't check that particular video out, I would highly recommend it. It's uh, quite the interesting time capsule. Yeah, for sure. All right, thanks for tuning in, guys. We will see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Bye!